This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League, presented by United Dairy Farmers. The Reds are on the radio. The Hot Stove League is brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Kettering Health Network, JTM Food Group, Norcom, and by Document Destruction. The Hot Stove League is also brought to you by on the Reds Radio Network. Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser and UDF. Big round of applause. Huge crowd down here tonight. I mean, huge crowd down here tonight. Wednesday night, happy hour. How can you beat that? Rainy night in Cincinnati. Met a couple a little while ago. They're on their way to Arizona. They wanted to know, what is the name of that hippie town that your dad goes to in every year? in Arizona, right? Couldn't remember the name of the town. If you're ever out in Arizona, you want to just go hang out with a bunch of hippies for a few days, the name of the town is Jerome, Arizona. You made me crazy all night tonight trying to think of that town. Thank you very much for helping me out. Well, hope everybody's well tonight. We're going to check in with Jim Day here in a few minutes and talk about what is going on in Arizona. The Reds, as you know, Pitchers and catchers, full squad, they've already reported. And big round of applause for anybody in here that feels like there's some enthusiasm with the Reds this year. I don't know about any of you in here, but, you know, the last three or four years, when you'd go to Arizona or you'd get ready for spring training, I'm trying to remember the word that I used. I think there was a hope that the Reds might be good or be better. This year, I think there's a more than realistic chance to believe, and the key word is believe, the Reds are going to be better. And all the changes they've made, the front office, and I don't say this because these guys signed my paycheck, what the front office has done this year has been unbelievable. Everybody agree with that? It really is amazing. I mean, for all of us who love the Reds, grew up with the Reds, maybe you didn't grow up with the Reds, but you've lived here for a while and you've kind of taken them under your wing, what the the baseball operations people have done and ownership has done in turning the whole cycle around into making all of us believe we've got a chance to win a lot of games this year has been fabulous. Jim Day is standing by. In Goodyear, Arizona, Jim Day, are you there? And welcome to the Reds Hot Stove League. I'm here, Pally. How are you, Pally? <laughs> Doing well, pal. 
Well, I'm going to be on Major League Baseball Network tomorrow, so you can hear a lot of pal and pallies with my good friend Matt Baskersian. Are you really? He does one of the best Tom Brennan's going. Yes, he does. So, now that. You know, I know the weather out there is cold, it's chilly, the whole nine yards, but uh, the full squad is in. What was your impression of, if there are any impressions, of the first day of the full squad being there and the Reds ready to go? You know, it's always, you've been around enough camps, and you know this, is there's optimism when camps start. But in the past few years, um, I don't want to say false optimism, but there's always optimistic talk. Yep. There's actually a, a different aura and a different feeling around the club now. Um, the players, I think, because of what the front office did, feels like the team has their back, and they feel like they have the ammunition to compete now with the new coaching staff that has come in and all their new ideas and they're doing a bunch of new drills. It's a new message. It just seems like a much different or and much more positive. Now we've seen that in the past. That doesn't necessarily translate the wins, but they certainly have more talent on the roster and the players since that. All right. When you walk on the field and for a lot of fans that are sitting here tonight and they've not been to Arizona, met a few families here tonight, that are going to Arizona to spring training for the first time in their lives. When you say that the coaches are doing something different or there's a different feel or a different vibe, I mean, look, at the end of the day, all these guys come walking out at 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. There's a station over here where guys are hitting. There's a station over there where guys are fielding. There's this, there's that. There's all those kinds of things going on. What felt different? Let's start from a coaching standpoint. What did you see, if anything, different today or yesterday than you've seen in the past? Uh, it's What I've seen mostly, it's, it's off the field, is more information. I mean, it's, they're doing some new drills that I haven't seen before, particularly with catchers and with pitchers. And I don't want to bore you with the details of that, but they are different drills. But it, I don't know if that's going to make much of a difference. The difference for me is, the analytics part of baseball, and it's not the, you know, say all, it's not going to translate the wins, but the most right. information you can have. These coaches are now taking that information and are going to implement it on the field, whereas the Reds in the past have had the information and didn't necessarily get to the field. And I'm not sure they had as much information as this coaching staff has. Um, and when you talk to a guy like Tucker Barnhart, he says, and when he had talked to other people in the league, he said, we were miles behind. This is years past. We were miles behind in the information that we're getting and we're using. Now they're not. Um, they had a coaches meeting that was supposed to be about two hours talking about how they wanted to approach coaching this team and managing this team. And I hear that meeting turned into five hours wow. because there was so much information being disseminated and so much talk going on. Um, and to me, they've given David Bell, they're setting him up for success and giving him a pitching coach. Like, and this is not to demean anyone in the past, but giving him a pitching coach like Derek Johnson with new ideas and giving him a hitting coach like Turner Ward, who guys that have had success recently in the league and is in the newfangled era of baseball, um, putting guys like that around him to make him successful as a first-year manager. When you look at, 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 at so much has been said and written about Yasiel Puig, 
And, you know, back here in the papers, we're hearing that he walked out there and all of a sudden the guy owns the room, he owns the team, he owns the whole field, the vibe, all those sorts of, you know, adjectives you can use. Do you see that when you were there today? Oh, the guy is just a, a bundle of energy. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, that rubs off on guys. Um, the teammates are already talking about, wow, I'm kind of feeding off of his energy. Um, you know, so far he's been citizen A. Um, you know how players have to go in and do the scoreboard deal where they have to go in and shoot a bunch of goofy stuff on camera. For some players it could be like a half hour to an hour. And it's one of those things in spring training where some players dread having to go do it. Yep. He was the first in line to do it. He is one of the first to arrive, and I, I haven't been there a day which he's not one of the last to leave. Really? Um, yeah. So he's working hard, and he's just a goofy guy. Yep. I mean, he's a young guy that's full of energy and is goofy. Now, he might be too brutally honest. When he was talking to the media, he's like, hey, this is a contract year. I'm playing for a new contract, so I'm going to play my butt off. You know what, though? Don't, don't you think, Jimmy, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but don't you think that most fans like to hear that? I mean, yeah, he's landing no. on the line, and you're saying, hey, look, you know, I was traded to this team. He comes into town last week. He goes over to, you know, the whole program over there by the old Cincinnati Gardens and, the, and and everything going on electrifies the crowd, et cetera, et cetera. But when the time comes and they say to him, hey, you know, what do you think about this baseball season? And for him to come out and say, look, I'm a free agent at the end of the year. I'd love to be in Cincinnati. I don't know if it'll work out that way, but I'm going to play my tail off because I'm playing for a contract. I think most people like hearing that. Yeah, no, it's the truth. It's the business side of baseball. Of course he's playing for a contract. And we've seen guys have monster years in contract years. And for a guy to be in a contract year and hitting Great American Ballpark, if he does get as much at bats, as many at bats as he wants, he could put up monster numbers. Yep. Um, so, you know, I have no problem with him saying that. Now, we'll see. We, you know, That's he right. has a past. He has a track record. That's right. where when things weren't going well, when he was platooning, he wasn't playing every day, and they got, went through losing stretches, or he went through a month where he wasn't playing very well. Um, there were sides of him that was well-documented that weren't good. I think Turner Ward is going to help with that. Those two yeah. have a tremendous relationship, and you want to talk about goofing around all the time. I mean, Puig is on him all the time, and Turner Ward gives it right back. But Turner Ward is, is given a lot of credit for – Puig making a lot of strides emotionally, personally, mature-wise. Um, and I, I really think that um, he's going to help in, in the mix. So we'll, we'll see. He's been so far so good. The first, second, and third impression have been great. We'll see in the middle of the season when things maybe are not going so well. We hope that he's made the growth as a person. All right, Jim Day, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Stand by. Our number to call is 749-7000 or 1-800-THE-BIG-1, the number one, 749-7000. Love to have your calls. Anybody here in the uh, audience with us tonight at the Holy Grail, please come on up. We have a microphone. Love to hear from you. Question about anything going on. We're back in a moment. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser, proud sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds. Our next live show will be March 27th. Specials on Budweiser, Bud Light Buckets of the Holy Grail, Cincinnati's home for sports. Ladies and gentlemen, please, a big round of applause, if you would. Please. 
Mr. Red, looking good. Very good. Now, look, many of you have asked about uh, single game tickets. The single game tickets for this year go on sale this coming Monday. That'll be February 25th, starts at 9 o'clock in the morning. A limited number of opening day tickets will go on sale this or on Saturday, March the 16th. All right, so if you're wondering about opening day, you didn't get in, you're thinking about you still want to go, Saturday, March 16th, 9 a.m. For ticket information, visit reds.com. All right, Jim Day from Goodyear, Arizona. Before we get to you, a question here over in the studio audience. Love to hear from you, as always. Uh, hi, t- hi, Tom. It's always a pleasure. It's always Stephen. a pleasure. Stephen from Price Hill. I first know, off, Stephen. First off, I wanted to uh, be sure to, when you see your dad, to extend my thanks. I came to town in 74 and uh, Flag Day, and I've been listening ever since. It was his inaugural year. It was just incredible. Yep. I've loved him uh, the whole time. Now the question. Uh, over and under, Rossio Quig, 40 home runs. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I think so much of it depends. And, Jim Day, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. And I know it's very early in spring training, so not every single question is to the Reds roster or their lineup or who's going to play and who's going to play where and all those kinds of things. And we'll get into some of this tonight. But – you know, Puig's got to believe that he's coming to the Reds to play every day. Would you agree with that, Jim Day? He hung up on us. <laughs> you know, it's a lot like my wife. I don't know how most of you guys feel that are out there that are married. It's a lot like being married. The second you really want to talk to your wife, what does she do? She hangs up on you, right? All right, we'll get Jim Day in a minute. But look, here's the deal. When you look at the the Reds outfield, and I'm going to be very interested myself to see how this whole thing plays out. They're talking about Nick Senzel playing center field. Nick Senzel has never played one inning of the outfield in college, in the minor leagues. Not one single inning, not one single batter. Now, does that mean he can't play it? Of course it doesn't. He's a great athlete. He's 22 years old. All those kinds of things. He's more than capable, I'm sure, of doing it. And the Reds have evaluated him watching him play the outfield. He was supposed to play there in the Arizona Fall League, and then he got hurt again. And so he's only been there in instructional league. point I'm making is simply this. For Yasiel Puig, He is either going to play right field every single day and might get some days off. Shevler spells him, whatever the case may be. Winker is going to play left field every single day. So in center field, you got Sinzel. Matt Kemp's a part of all this kind of thing. How that works out, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think they know yet. But the bottom line is, is that Yasiel Puig is coming here to play every day. That's what he's thinking about playing. And in this ballpark across the street, and... You look at the other ballparks around the National League, Central Division especially, coming from a National League West where outside of Colorado, it's hard to hit home runs in the NL West. Do I believe Puig will hit 40? I never believe any player will hit 40. I do believe he will hit 30 to 35, somewhere in that range. And, you know, more importantly, if he knocks in 105, 110 runs, that's all that matters at the end of the day. I think he's going to have a monster year in Cincinnati and, 
And I hope it works out that way because he would be the kind of guy that when you look at the current makeup of the roster of the Reds, they've already signed Suarez to a long-term contract. We'll get to the Scooter Jeanette thing in a minute. Peraza is going to be here for a long time. Votto's locked into a contract. The other outfielders outside of Winker, who's a young guy, none of them are going to be around here for a long time, I don't think. So you look at Puig and you say, well, here's a guy that, that you could start to build your franchise around if his head is screwed on right and he's focused on being a great player because he can be a great player and he can also be a goofball. Who knows? But if he, if he focuses on being a great player, and I think he will, sky's the limit for this guy. Sky is the limit. Reds are excited to have him. Well, thank All right. You, thank you, Tom, and I'll turn it over to somebody else. But I, I my pick is 42 home runs. You got me on 42? I hope you're right. When's the last Red hit 40 home runs in a year? Adam Dunn? Uh, it was done at 41, right? I, you probably know this. Yeah, John I don't know. Knows. I'm not I sure he ever. I it's done. I think it was done. I, I think know, it's done. I know 51 was hit by uh, the, the was our all-time high. and that 52. Was, 52, that's right, Vaughn. 1977, George Foster. Well, no, Foster, Foster. Foster's the all-time high. Yeah. Right. All right. But, yeah, I mean, 40's a lot of home runs. It's a lot of home runs. Jim Day, are you back or not back? Tell you what, we're going to be dying on the vine here tonight. We need all of you to start asking questions because if we can't get Jim Day on here, we're in big trouble. Uh, our number to call is 749-7000, 1-800-THE-BIG-1. 1-800-THE-BIG-1 is a number. And, you know, we're, we're – I'm curious because I've had two or three people walk up to me tonight to talk about the Scooter Jeanette thing. Now, look, I'm a parent. I got a 15-year-old daughter. I got a 13-year-old son. There is no manual out there about how to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right on down the line, how to do it perfect. But so much of life is timing. There's a time and a place to do A, B, and C. I don't know how you felt. I didn't like the timing of Scooter Jeanette yesterday. I didn't like it. More on that in a moment. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League. And we are here at the uh, Holy Grail Banks. And Budweiser, sponsors of the Reds Hot Stove League. Are we having pro- Oh, you got a question real quick? Go ahead. We got, we got 30 seconds. Go. All right, uh, so with the leaving of Billy Hamilton, what do you think yes. is going to happen with the center field position I think Sunzel is going to get the shot, and, and we're going to wait and see. I mean, you know, I'm excited about the guy. He's like a big-time prospect, very excited about him. Can't wait to see him play. Been hurt a lot. As I tell my son all the time and my daughter, I'll leave those quotes out because they're, they're, they're not arable. I'll leave those alone. I can say it to them. I can't say it to any of us. I'm excited about Senzel. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about is Jim Day back? He's back. Tell him we'll wait till after the break and uh, we'll go from there. By the way, during the 2019 season, the Reds will honor the life of National Baseball Hall of Famer, National League MVP in 1961, Frank Robinson. He recently passed away. The Reds are going to wear the number 20 patch on their primary uniforms. The Reds plan to honor Robinson with a tribute video on opening day. Special activations on July 7th, July 21st, big days when the team will be wearing throwback uniforms that Frank Robinson wore during his Reds career. Think about that for a minute, the great Frank 
Robinson. Back in a moment. Camps to the Reds. Campers receive their own Reds uniform. Instruction from a Reds coach. Guest appearance by a current Reds star. Free tickets and more. Plus, sign up before March 1st. Receive a $25 discount. Register today at RedsCamps.com. And I will tell you, my uh, son has been to that camp many, many times, and they are great. And we actually paid for them. All right, Jim Day is kind enough to... Uh, I'm sure there's lots of technical issues and, and phone cell issues in Arizona. Jim, are you there? Are you back? I am back, pal. All right. Let me ask you about Nick Senzel. I, I, was, texting, right. I, was, I was texting Dick Williams earlier today, and, and I'm, I'm looking up on the Internet, and I'm saying, you know, I, I don't see a single game that Nick Senzel's ever played in his minor league career in the outfield. And I wanted to confirm that with Dick Williams. He wrote me back, says, never has. I said, what about college? Says, never has. Now, all of a sudden, after watching him in instructional league, the Reds are talking about him playing center field or at least getting the first shot at center field mm-hmm. on opening day. What are your thoughts or, 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 or what seems to be the team's thoughts about that issue? Well, I don't think they would even – um, give it a shot if he wasn't an outstanding athlete. And the best thing about Sinzel is mentally, he's a gamer. Last year they said, hey, we're going to try you out at shortstop. Suarez is over at third base, his natural position. Scooter Jeanette's at second base. And he was gung-ho for it. A lot of guys that would be drafted second overall would, yep. you know, like, no, you know, and, and cry and moan about it. He was completely the opposite. Let's give it a go. I can play there. I can do it. Same thing this year when they want to move into the outfit, which is completely different and a completely big challenge. And no one wants to get embarrassed at the major league level. But if you're moving to a new position, there's a possibility of that. He's like, no, I can play every day in center field. I'd be glad to go out there if I have a legitimate shot of making this team and being your everyday starting center fielder. So the fact that he's gung-ho and willing to do it is half the battle. Now, he hasn't played in a live game. I'm just going by what I've seen of him, taking fly balls at BP, outfield drills, whatever. Uh, he has the instincts. He's working with Eric Davis very closely. He's worked with Billy Hatcher very closely, two guys that are excellent to work with. You know how good Eric Davis was in center field, had a conversation with Eric. He says he's got the natural instincts, and that is step one. If you do not have the natural instincts to take the correct path to the ball, you are in trouble, particularly in center field. He says he has the natural instincts right now. We're just working on, you know, the fundamentals of playing the outfield as opposed to playing the infield. But all signs point towards him being able to handle it, and he can flat-out hit. So when you can flat-out hit, you're the top prospect. They try to find you a spot. Now, this is not unheard of. How many games did Chris Bryant play? in the outfield before they stuck him out there right. in Wrigley Field. Good point. They just, hey, go out to left field. You're a good athlete. You can handle it. And he did. When you look at the outfield, the, the, the personnel in the outfield, and I don't mean to leave anybody out, but 
of the primary guys that have a track record, that have done some things in the big league, some more than others. And you've got Winker, who we all agree is going to be an outstanding player for a long time. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You have Senzel, who's now considered an outfielder. You have Puig. You have Shebler. And you have Matt Kemp. And again, I, I, I know I'm leaving out Philip Urban and some other guys. I get all that. But at the end of the day, are those your five outfielders on this team? No question. I think there's two major question marks on this team as far as how, what, how David Bell is going to handle it as a manager. One, how is he going to handle the pitching staff? Is he going to have a quick hook for starters? Are we really going to see Rysel Iglesias in the middle of games when there's two guys on and the game is on the line? As that's what he to said. And that, that's, what he and that's what he apparently told said. Iglesias, and right? He's, yeah, he's flat out been given answers. Managers in the past with him all around, we got 15 guys competing for five slots, whatever. No, he came in and named his rotation. Came in and said Nick Senzel has the inside track to have center field. Uh, very refreshing to hear him give yeah. answers to questions. Now, the other question of how, you know, how he's going to handle the pitching staff is how is he going to divvy up this playing time if they yeah. go to the season with those five guys you yeah. mentioned. Um, let's say Senzel is your everyday center fielder. Then you've got four guys and two corner outfield spots. You want to give Jesse Winker 500 at-bats. If he stays healthy and gets 500 at-bats, we're talking about a high on-base percentage guy, a guy that's going to drive in some runs and score a ton of runs. But then you've got Puig, who could be a monster in that stadium. You've got Kemp, track record, older guy, contract year, on a mission, all-star caliber hitter, so you're kind of intrigued, like, wow, if we gave him a bunch of playing time, how would that play out? All right, Jim, so it's going to be interesting to see how that playing time is divvied up in the outfield. And I don't think they have an answer to that yet. All right, I'm going to ask you to hold on for one more minute. And right. I want to talk to you about the Scooter Jeanette situation. Okay. It's the last thing in the world I want to talk about because I thought the timing was brutal. But uh, we'll talk about it because it's a very real topic. It's a very real issue. And uh, we'll talk about it. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Back in a moment. All right, wrapping it up. Final segment here of the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Great crowd here tonight. I mean, is this a happy hour crowd for a Wednesday night? Is that what that is? Is that what this is? God, going to happy hour on Wednesday sounds so good to me. And it's like a foreign world at this point in time. That used to be a daily event in my life. Happy hour at any turn. Oh, well. Jim Day, I go back to you. Uh, You know, I I hate even talking about it. Happy hour, I've talked to four. I mean this. I'm being totally serious about this. I've talked to four or five Reds fans in here tonight before we went on the air. And I'm sitting there and and I'm saying, you know, look, all of us in life, each of us in life is allowed to be upset about, you know, our job or our boss or our situation, whatever it might be. I got no problem with that at all. Everybody has issues at work and that's fine. But so much of the world is timing. Here you have a franchise in the Reds that has done such an extraordinary job this offseason of, of planting the seeds of optimism. Tanner Roark, 
to trade with the Dodgers. They go get Sonny Gray. They sign him to a contract extension. You're looking at their lineup, and you're going, whoo. All of a sudden, this is a legitimate, in my opinion, legitimate contending team. And the first day of spring training that all the players report, Scooter Jeanette, who I love, my favorite player on the team, as a guy, as a player, he is my favorite player. I preface all of that by saying this. But he comes out and he talks about his contract on the first day. Did that throw a wet blanket over the whole thing at all or really not a big deal? Is Jim Day there? Yeah, I'm here, Tom. What do you uh, think? The, the timing of it was – the simple fact that the beat writers, that's the first chance they had to talk to Scooter Jeanette. And Scooter is a brutally honest person. Yep. And they asked him point blank about it because he had just gone to arbitration. And it is, it is you ask a million things out here if you're a beat writer. And that is a storyline in their eyes. So let's face it, it's the first time they had a crack at him. So that's where the timing comes in and Scooter – you know, you can say what you will, whether he should have not talked about it or not, but he's an honest guy, and he just put it out there. He answered the question that he would like to sign a multi-year deal with the Reds, and one has not been offered. Now, the good news in that, if there is good news, and you've been around Scooter, he does not let it affect him in the clubhouse. You would never be able to tell how he goes about his business, interacting with his teammates, interacting with coaches, or maybe even interacting with the front office or the effort that he's going to give in preparing for the season and during the season. Can't ever see it affecting the way that he would go about his business. Now that's the good news. The bad news is he's once again has to prove himself, but it's nothing that's different than his whole life. It's a guy that has had a chip on his shoulder his entire life, that good chip on his shoulder to prove, not necessarily prove people wrong, but to prove himself right, and there is a difference. Um, they always told him he was too too short, too small, couldn't hit left-handers, not enough speed, not good defensively, not a good arm. And he kept proving everyone wrong and working on the incentive that if I play this year, I'm going to be rewarded. Now, he was rewarded. He's making a lot of money. Um, so let's not totally feel sorry for the situation, but it is the business side of it. He would like to have a multi-year deal and feels like that he earned it. So it's way above my pay grade as to whether the Reds are going to do that or not. I don't know. But I do know that I don't think it's going to affect him the way that he interacts with people, players, fans, and the no, way he goes about his business. And I, I, I mean, look, I, I know Scooter Jeanette well enough. Nobody knows the players on this team like Jim Day does. I can tell all of you that are sitting here tonight, I've never seen anybody in my life who works on a day-to-day -day basis covering a team, whether it's a writer, broadcaster, dugout reporter, whatever it might be, nobody has a relationship with the players that I've ever seen like Jim Day does, especially with some of the great stars with the Reds. Joey Votto, I mean, they're like this. Brandon Phillips, they were like this. So, no, I'm not surprised to hear you say that about Scooter Jeanette because you know the guy inside now. He's as good a guy as there is on the team, passionate player, great drive, great motivation, love him. But I want to ask you when we come back, Jim Day, about the timing 
of all of that with Scooter Jeanette. We'll be right back. All righty, welcome back to the Reds Hot Stove League. Come on, everybody. I mean, are we dying here? Presented by Budweiser and UDF. We only have a couple minutes left. And uh, Jim Day, before we let you go, and you've been out there, and you're going to be out there for a month and a half. My dad's out there. He just made the drive across the country in like nine days. Him and his wife hey, went out speaking there. Speaking of your dad, time. he chimed in, by the way. What's that? You, were you talking? Speaking of your dad, he has chimed in. Were you talking about hippie town that he went to this year? Is that what you're talking about? Hippie town he went to this year in Arizona? Well, you know what? All I know is he made the drive out to Arizona. Am yeah. I right or wrong? It's Bisbee, Arizona. Yeah, to Bisbee, Arizona, and then he Bisbee, made his way Arizona, into Phoenix and Goodyear. Jerome's a cool spot, too. There, there, there's no, he, I mean, it, you know, look, he's my dad, but he's a cool guy. Yeah, Round of applause from Marty Brenneman, am I right? I mean, the guy's a cool guy. I mean, I have to say it. I hope when I'm 77, I'm as cool as he is. No doubt. I have no chance of that, but 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 it's a goal. Um <laughs> End of the day, this baseball prospectus thing comes out, and this is all based on statistical analysis of teams and players, et cetera, et cetera. The Chicago Cubs were picked to finish dead last in the National League Central. That really broke my heart. I mean, was there any talk about that at all today in Arizona? At all? No, other than the media. I'm not sure the team uh, talked about it. If they have, I haven't been around. I mean, it but means nothing. Only... I get it. But, I mean, I, yeah. I'm just curious, you know, because they've been so good for a number of years now. Yeah. No, I think it opened up a lot of eyes, the, them to pick in. And, again, it's not based on what they think is going to happen. They're projecting numbers based off of right. numbers. I mean, they're crunching the data with computers. Um, and I know Joe Madden was not very happy with that story when it came out. Uh, but there was some talk in the media, no, no doubt about it. The, the pundits that cover baseball, everyone, it opened up everyone's eyes. And I think it, it gives you incentive if you're the Reds. Like, listen, to, you know, half the battle is confidence, particularly in a game where you have to deal with so much failure in baseball. Uh, I'm not sure how much the players are reading into that, but I know it opened up a lot of eyes. And there was some talk amongst the media, I know that. All right, let me ask you, we have one week before our next Reds Hot Stove League show. Uh Basically, the starting five in the rotation has already been announced. Mm -hmm. um, you have you have gotten very close, and, and I brought this up the last segment, but you've gotten very close, really, really close, with guys like, you know, uh, Di Scalfani <laughs> and Romano and Amir Garrett and Robert <laughs> Stevenson and these guys. You laugh, but you know I'm being serious. They all room together. You did a big segment with them last year. Uh. What are their thoughts about going into spring? I mean, th these guys a year ago – we're hoping to be in the starting rotation. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're trying to hang on just to make the team, right? Well, hey, man, nothing is a bigger motivator than failure and fear. Um, and, you know, they have a fear of not making the big league club. A year ago, we're talking about Romano being in the rotation, Finnegan yep. being in the rotation, Tyler Malley, who's very talented, who I still think has a bright future, being in the rotation. Now those guys are on the outside looking in. That shows you the difference of the upgrade that the Reds have made but it's been an incentive. Finnegan showed up in the best shape I've ever seen him in. Sal Romano lost 28 yep. pounds because he wants to be in better shape, and he thinks his legs will be healthier if he has the weight off. Tyler Malley is completely 
um, is on a complete mission. Um, it has energized those guys as well, and you find out what, who the competitors are. Are you going to yep. stare in the face of adversity, or are you going to back down from it? So competition breeds good things, and there's much more competition for these spots. Well, Jim Day, you've been awesome with your time tonight. Big round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, for Jim Day calling from Arizona. He's very busy, got a big social calendar out there, and uh, a lot going on. So, Jim, uh, tell Joey I said hello tonight. Because I know you guys are having dinner later on. And so, uh, Jim Day, thank you very much. Jim Day's on his game. On his game. All right. So, next week, the show originates from Arizona for the next four weeks. Then the night before opening day, we're here. Thank you, everybody, for coming. Have a great night. God bless. See you next week.